Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode in our GPS series. Um, so you know, last time we talked about Formula Two and we were just waiting for testing to start. Well, the last one weekend I think was probably the long, uh, probably the fastest and most intense testing phase that Formula One has seen in perhaps I don't know the past few decades. I need to look up my history, but it was definitely a tight schedule for all the teams. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, considering that we just have three days of testing, a lot of teams had to have chucked in a lot of time and a lot of effort to ensure that they have a small or constructed package and not just that they have to involve all the testing programs and to acclimatize to a particular a weather a weather program which they haven't seen in the past, I'd say five to six years. So yeah, a lot a lot's been happening in the past three days. Plus they don't have an extra three days to talk about car performance or even quantifying data as well. Yeah, I mean, usually we see testing like happening in two phases. You know, they go to Catalonia, but they have like one test and then wait for a couple of weeks and have a second test of three days. And then after that, they go back to the factories, prepare for a month or like a couple of weeks. So testing happens about one, one and a half months before the season starts. This test was unique because there was, there was you like you said, there was strange weather, uh, that dust storm that played into, I think, probably the <laughs> end of day two that caused way too many spinalas on the, on the track and not by... Uh, the man who unfortunately got the title of being Spinala Kin. But uh, I think uh, one thing that usually happens every year is Mercedes not really going very fast in tests. And uh, I don't know, <laughs> we saw that happen this year. Are they sandbagging? You know, what a, what a nice way to bring up the topic of sand. Like, I mean, you go to Bari and there was sand in the air and you most definitely know that sand in the cars as well. But I think, I think a very clear benchmark, which a lot of teams have kept during testing has not been met even during the first or the second second races of the season. And coming to your question of were Mercedes sandbagging, I think in all certainty, yes, they were. But I think for them, sandbagging was not their biggest problem. They have not set a lot of time on their, on their new car. So I don't know if they can actually quantify the data which they have got from their new floor designs. Because I think Mercedes is the one team that have basically clocked the, the smallest number, the least number of laps in total, which I think is about 304 or 302. So considering that they've had a lot of reliability issues with their uh, gearbox, which they which limited both asses running on day one, and uh, the number of spins which uh, Lewis had on day two and at the end of day three also reduced the kind of data they would get on, let's say, race simulation runs or even quality runs. So I think sandbagging is not their problem. I think it is a lack of data which they can actually use to quantify uh, future upgrades or just basic performance with respect to what they had, they had in Bahrain last year. They have a yeah. lot more woes than that. I, I mean, irrespective of whether they're actually purposely going slow or not, I mean, the number of spins that we, we saw from uh, Lewis and Bottas, by the way, and Valtteri, um, surprisingly a large number of spins compared to what they would usually have on track. Uh, I mean, yeah, it it is quite strange to see that generally in testing, yes, cars do spin. Every time you take a new car on track with limited testing time, you have to find the limits. Uh, and not to mention, of course, the sand was on track, uh, but it still, you know, kind of got the gears running and turning. And th there is some hope that maybe the season is going to be a lot more tight uh, than uh, what we've seen in the past. Um, who knows, maybe this last year of this major uh, rule formula, uh, you know, uh, combo that we've been following since 2014, it's not going to be Mercedes's run. 
uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, apart from just Mercedes, I think another standout was Red Bull and what they were able to pull off uh, with uh, mainly with Verstappen's car. But it was good to see Perez also got a few good runs into these uh, in, into these uh, three days of testing. Uh, I don't know. Do you do you really think that this five point five second difference between Red Bull and Mercedes is going to stretch into the season? Uh, let's be real. I don't. I don't think that that five point five second gap, which is which was shown during testing by Red Bull, is an adequate representation of the pace of the entire grid. I think what Red Bull's program was during the first three days of testing was something completely different to what Mercedes, McLaren, or Ferrari were running at at any given point of time. Uh, but what you can conclude from this argument is saying that. Red Bull are on par with what they tested back in Bahrain a few months ago for during during practice. So I think there is a lot of power which is left to be which is left to be unleashed by the Red Bulls, and I think they're just keeping that for the rest of the season. But we have seen by the way a lot of technical changes have been done to the Red Bull that you have new bits of aero which has been put onto the car. So I think a lot of the running which they're doing is based to get on trying to understand how the new floor has impacted the performance of the car. Plus, they also have a new rear suspension. So a lot of work is basically done, have been done on that so that they can ensure that it's it's going to be as, as reliable as the RB15 or the RB16, rather. And also considering the fact that they also have to work on their engine for the next few years, you can't, you can't absolutely say that that 5.5 seconds is going to be going going bigger but i'm sure that they are going to be in a place where they are going to give mercedes a challenge at least in the beginning of the season because i'm also sure that a lot of other teams might have reliability issues considering we just had three days of testing uh, we may yeah. not have an absolute answer to it but i'm sure that the gap has reduced in in a particular way to at least the teams using mercedes engine now also considering that we have renault sorry we have a uh, McLaren on board with with the Mercedes engine. Yeah, speaking of McLaren and also um, Aston, who, who were racing point, who were already using Mercedes engines. Uh, what's interesting to see is both is actually uh, Mercedes, McLaren, and Aston Martin all have uh, quite similar lap times, all about about the same uh, 0.5 to 0.6 seconds off of Red Bull space. Um, so one could, uh, you know, logically you could derive that perhaps the Mercedes engine isn't up to par. But uh, when you actually look at what's happened in these tests, I don't think any of these three teams were pushing their cars to the limits. Um, you see, you see uh, an onboard camera of, of Petal or Stroll running their cars. The Aston, they weren't pushing it to the limits. And we already know that Aston didn't really have the most detailed and high-performance test. And I think probably the team with the least number of high-performance laps in the whole grid together. Uh, McLaren, once again, I don't think they're really pushing their car to their limits. So if these times are anything to go by, uh, it could really be anyone's game. Of course, Mercedes would perhaps be leading the Merck, Merck engine-powered cars, that pack of cars. But uh, I think it's going to be a tight fight between McLaren and Aston. And potentially, if you look at other cars down the grid, Alpine and AlphaTauri could get in the mix for podium spots this year. Oh, speaking about Alpine, uh, you know what? Like, I think this this uh, this very simple definition of Fernando Alonso I have. Like, you put Fernando Alonso into a car, you take the performance of that car and shave it by 0.5 of a second because that's what Alonso can do. So I'm not sure about what Ocon's done, but Ocon's put some solid laps in that car. 
he has shown that the Alpine's new A521 is pretty much on par with the with the old the Renault which was running in 2020. But I think given Alonso's experience, he is going to be very good addition to Alpine's program to actually contest for battling in the middle of the pack. And you've seen with the way Alonso has been racing in any any car, whether it is through LM, through his LMP program in Lemo, or whether he has been doing it through IndyCar or even in Formula One, he has basically extracted more than what the car can give him and more, more than what the team can give him. So I think in addition, like Fernando Alonso is going to give Alpine something to contest for. And uh, also Yuki Tsunoda's subliminal performance during testing has also shown that Alpha Tauri are a very stable team. They have the likes of Pierre Gasly, who has set literally the most laps of any person in in testing right now, and who are, so you have you have a young you have a young you have a young kid, a twenty year old who literally has a lot of time on the twenty eighteen machinery, on the twenty nineteen machinery, on the twenty twenty machinery, and now the twenty twenty one machinery. So, yeah, all in all, when you look at the way the mid pack is holding up, Alpha Tauri are in a good place to actually move on from where they did last year because I think right now the car looks a lot more stable than what it was last year. It's a lot more planted. It's a lot more balanced. And I think they're very confident drivers as well. So they don't really have to worry about... <laughs> I do, I hope I don't... I hope this doesn't age like milk. So I hope they don't focus on uh, chucking drivers out of the team but focusing more on implementing how they can perform based on the kind of car they have because right now they have to also focus on a Honda engine which they themselves have to Welcome. For sure. Let's hope this goes positively because um, you know, looking at Sonora's onboard camera, I mean, I, I don't know, that's that's perhaps the only real reference we all have as fans who are just watching the sport and reading and seeing what's what's up in the motorsport world. Um, just looking at those onboard cameras, you can already see how much Sonoda was pushing in 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 I guess one of his fastest laps in in their whole testing phase. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to see what he does this year. Uh, I have a feeling he's perhaps going to give Gasly a run for his money. Maybe not in the first few races because he still has to get acclimatized with the car, uh, with the general pace of Formula 1. But, I mean, definitely two, three races into the season, this is definitely going to play uh, potentially into Yuki Tsunoda's favour if he can maintain the same level of consistency that he does have right now. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, speaking of midfield, we did think another team would perhaps climb their way up midfield. Uh, that is Ferrari, of course. Ferrari were supposed to have come up with perhaps a better formula for their engine. And people have told that Ferrari's engine is going to be faster this year. But you see all three Ferrari-powered teams uh, in the... Uh, well, well, not really the bottom three. Uh, ex- up, if, you, if you remove Williams from this grid, then yes, they are the bottom three of the pack. Um, definitely not midfield right now. And Ferrari is, uh, not at the, is pro- perhaps getting the, the worst end of that stick. Uh, what do you think is going to happen to Ferrari? I don't think these times are indicative of what they're going to do this season. Yeah, I think that's very rightly said, Saidat. Uh, they are not indicative of what any of the Ferrari power teams can do because you've seen by the likes of all three different teams which are running the Ferrari power cars, all three of them have opted to go for different sorts of upgrades compared to compared to each other. Like you have seen Ferrari's new upgrades, which are literally the most radical upgrades you've seen on any car because they have decided to change literally everything they want in their car, starting from their engine, starting from their rear packaging, starting from the front end, they've changed their nose and the front wing, and they've changed the floorboards as well. So you've seen a car which basically has literally no amount of track-tested data coming onto track, 
but i think their main priority right now is making sure they have lap times and track time or track time or data on their new engine so you can see by the likes of all three ferrari teams to running they have clocked in at least over 700 or 850 laps on the current new engine which they're running so i think based on what ferrari has has been doing i think it is i think it is indicative of the fact that they need to get data from their new engine and i think even if you look at the way alpha has been running alpha's main upgrades have been done to the front end of their car they they have a new front wing they have a new they have a new nose and getting data on that also is quite is was quite important to them also considering the fact that they they think that uh, the new ferrari engine is a lot more overpowered than what we have seen in the past few days of testing. Frederick Vassar has said that the dyno tests have been successful and they have also shown decent results in in his words. So I'm also so I'm just thinking that maybe they're not going to be challenging for let's say race wins in 2021, but I think they're in a place yep. where they can contest for good points and i don't think that uh, alfa alfa romeo is going to be in like the bottom pack but they will be somewhere in the middle for a few races during the season i also yeah yeah but uh, coming to haas i mean they've given up like it's, it's no big news to them the only thing they have changed yeah. in their car is the packaging of their front suspension i think that, that's pretty much the only upgrade they have taken on after the fact that they're getting a new ferrari engine it's just the fact that they don't want to spend any more of their time or their money at least this year uh working on developing the current car because the whole formula is changing next year um but yeah in terms of whatever whatever uh car data these three teams have with their new ferrari engine uh these three days have definitely not been enough and we could already see that we're not really sure of the of the details of what the teams are doing uh what data they actually have but at least from looking at the timing shades these three teams were definitely struggling for grip uh, what is surprising and very pleasant and good to see is that Alfa Romeo have actually slightly picked up their performance with respect to last year. Uh, this is again just speculation. This is this is only if these testing times mean anything for the rest of the season. Uh, but my point is seeing Sauber climb their way back up from uh, a disastrous mid 2010s. Um, you know, in, in 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 that in that decade, I think in the 2013-14 range is where their performance started tipping. Uh, and now for Alfa Romeo to slowly claw back, claw their way back up the midfield pack, uh, will be very refreshing and a very good sight for the whole fan base, given the rich history of that team. Uh, but speaking of teams with rich history, yeah, I think Ferrari fans really want something to happen this year. And uh, yeah, if the Ferrari engine really is as fast as they say, uh, Ferrari could be another contender for free podiums this year. Uh, but uh, at this point, it's perhaps a long shot seeing that they're 1.2 seconds off the pace from the fastest lap on the last day of testing. Yeah, I mean, sure. I think I think it's very rightly said that Ferrari fans are expecting a lot of things from the team. And I think a lot of, lot of people are expecting the team to perform since 2008 or 2009. So I think it's a, it's a wait that has gone a little too long. But I think Ferrari understands that as a team better than we do as individuals who just support it from, from the, from the, from the comfort of our houses. But all in all, I think as you said, this is the end of a formula, and a lot of teams are actually 
putting on their technology and their R&D into finding out what's better for 2022. And I think, and I think that is the most sustainable way of looking at things because Formula One also is trying to look into way how we can be a carbon neutral sport by, I don't know, by the end of 20, 2030 or 2035. I don't know if that's easily achievable, yeah. but I guess it is, it is the forefront of technology for automobiles in the world. So I get, I get the sentiment and I get where things are going. So I guess 2021 is just going to be as exciting as any season could be. Just waiting forward to see how things happen in 10 days time in Bahrain. Yeah, I, I think given that it was such a limited, uh, uh, it was just three days of testing, uh, nobody could really put out proper race simulations. I know some teams really did. I think Gasly, if I'm not mistaken, is the driver that did the most number of laps in the whole test. Uh, somewhere around 220 laps almost just on his own over three days. Um, compared to Vettel, who only did about 110 or so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all in all, yeah, I, I, in terms of tyre performance for... Of course, we, we talked about how the aero regulations have changed just to suit the tires, which haven't gone through a big uh, big change from last year. But uh, tire compounds still have changed a little bit this year. They really have done a few tweaks to the tire compounds just to sustain uh, running for these cars for another year on this formula. Uh, regarding uh, what's going to happen to those tires and how they're going to affect the car's performance, I don't know how much we can take from testing. I think we can only really say what's going to happen when we see a full race happen next week uh, at Bahrain. Yeah, completely agree. And also it depends on the kind of tires that, that are given to the teams for a particular race. So you always have three different sets of tire compounds which are given to a team prior to a race. And I think I think Pirelli and Mario Isola are very keen on making sure that we don't have another Silverstone 2020 that happens again because that's that's just that's just crazy and and no team ever yeah. wants to be in a situation where they are where they just where they just don't know what's happening to the tires they're just blowing up and that just brings them to a Formula Two grid where teams are like we tried our best but the tires just did this to us so I guess yeah. we can just wait and watch as you say. Let's hope it's not as extreme. Uh, good part is, of course, Bahrain is run uh, at night. Um, it's not even like it's not even a dusk race. It's it's a proper night race. Um, so you know, temperatures will be quite cool. It's in the middle of the desert. So yeah, temperatures are definitely not going to be freezing cold, but they're going to be uh, relatively cooler than other tracks. And Bahrain, as you see, uh, is also going to be running the softer compounds, uh, the softer compounds of that uh, Pirelli offer. So. Uh, yeah, it, it will be a decent benchmark, but like we've said, Bahrain is not really the best benchmark for overall performance. That's going to happen a few races down the line. Portimao might be our first reference to what these cars can do on track. Uh, but on that note, yeah, I hope this has given you a good refresher of what's happened in testing over the past, uh, past few days. There's very limited data at the moment, and we can only really hope that things come to light by the time scar cars, you know, hit hit the track full fledged next week. Um, so on that note, uh, I'm I'm done with what I have to say. Taco, any other last words to conclude testing? Ciao ragazzi. All right, ciao ragazzi. <laughs>